Welcome to the Happy Successful Massage Therapist. I am Eric DeGeer, business coach, massage therapist, game designer, and your host. This podcast deals with a wide range of interests framed within the five mountains, physical, mental, financial, relational, and spiritual. Enjoy. So we are here with my good friend, Angela London. She has been an awesome body worker for the past 25 years and body whisperer as well. She and I have had a great relationship, especially over the past couple months, just collaborating on different things. She spoke at the Southern Secrets to Success Summer Summit that we had back in July. And she's just been an incredible source of wisdom and inspiration for not only myself, but other therapists. She also recently appeared on Two Therapists in a Microphone podcast. She's an old hand at podcasts by now. Angela, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell a little bit. Thank you so much for the nice introduction. I'm glad to be here. I am a body whisperer. I think that that's probably the most accurate definitions of the work that I do because my parameters go beyond the definition of massage therapist. This is what we're going to be talking about today with Angela is that definition of a therapist. We're both chatting before this and we're like, okay, well, let's pull up the dictionary and see, you know, a dictionary is really powerful. It affects the laws, it affects the culture. So let's use it as source material and see what the definition of massage is, first of all, and discuss that. So just pulling up massage in good old Google brought up massage, the noun, the rubbing and kneading of muscles and joints of the body with the hands, especially to relieve tension or pain. I think it's very interesting that in Merriam-Webster, the definition is manipulation of tissues as by rubbing, kneading, or tapping with the hand or an instrument for relaxation or therapeutic purposes. See, and I think that's interesting. First of all, the, the definition is with hand or with an instrument. At least that last definition doesn't talk about all the other body parts that we use. You know, some people use forearms, elbows, feet, even knees. There's quite a few other instruments other than the hand. I know that we use, especially for my massage, it's a deep tissue tie blend. I use a lot of forearms, a lot mm-hmm. of elbows. Oh, my elbow work is great. I love my elbows. Somebody comes in and says, I want it deep. I call it elbow time. (laughs) So I thought that it would be interesting to also look up the word therapy. We have through history had originally when I was a kid, the statement massage therapist didn't even exist. It was a masseuse. And back then, if you saw a masseuse, you were lucky. If you had a masseuse come to your house, you were rich and you were spoiled not even through my high school years, it was always to be called a masseuse was such an honor. It was like carrying around a badge of honor. And it wasn't until the second or third year in practice, so 97, 98, that suddenly all these massage parlors were getting stung operations, especially here in this town. And the word massage or masseuse became code for a sex worker. And the license held at that time as a massage therapist simply said massage or masseuse as your title, but it suddenly put you under the scrutiny of the police. Like I got 
phone calls because my license said masseuse on it. At the time, there wasn't any licensing. So the addition of the word therapist got brought in. And I remember in school being told, be careful with your titles. Culturally, we see the word masseuse as code for a sex worker. Now we have different variations of what it is to do some form of body work. So if you do massage and you've gone to school, but you're not licensed, you get to refer to yourself as a practitioner, at least here in the U.S. and in Idaho. So it was completely acceptable while in school to refer to myself as a massage student or a massage practitioner. And that to call myself a massage therapist was inappropriate and suggested a higher level of education, a longer amount of time in the industry, and some sort of documentation or expertise that put me into the same clout as therapist. So what exactly is therapist or therapy? So my curiosity ran down the rabbit hole and therapy is treatment intended to relieve or heal a disorder, which I thought was really interesting. First, you've got to have a disorder in order to receive therapy. Through Merriam-Webster, therapy, by definition, goes into the word therapeutic, medical treatment of impairment, injury, disease, or disorder. So adding the word therapist, which is the person that provides therapy, to the end of the word massage did what the industry wanted in order to separate itself from the new trend, well, it's not new any longer, but it's no longer acceptable to refer to yourself as a masseuse, at least in this country. Yeah, so I want to hop in there. I was told in school, okay, not masseuse, not masseur, which is technically the male form of masseuse. Masseuse is female. Don't do that. And every time a client brought it up, oh, you're a masseuse. No, no. Well, first of all, it's masseur. And second of all, we don't refer to that. Just constant correction. Talking with people in other countries, we've got it backwards. Everyone else sees masseuse and masseur as the same as massage therapist. Like in their minds, they don't have this connotation. They don't have this sexual lockdown on that word. They don't see it as bad. So I've stopped correcting people. And if you're one of those people who constantly corrects others, like just take a breath. You don't have to. Everyone else around the world uses this word and we can reclaim the meaning of it if you want. Feel free if you want to keep on correcting people and refer yourself to massage therapist. But honestly, if somebody calls me masseuse now, I don't really care. Yeah, it's an interesting division. The doctor doesn't, most of the time when you say, hello, Mr. So-and-so, they will correct you. I am Dr. So-and-so because they want the recognition of their training and the amount of effort and time that they put into whatever the craft is that they do. So we have this elevation of the value. A therapist holds this elevated value. And I think that's part of the, the licensing push right now. I have a limited view because I practice here in the U.S. And licensure is a really big deal. Everything's got to have rules and boundaries and some board to oversee in order to make sure that you are acting in accordance to the laws and definitions and the scope of practice, which is part of the reason that I do not refer to myself as a massage therapist, one, 
my scope and practice go outside the scope and practice definitions listed by licensure. I perform Reiki. I sometimes hardly even touch the body at all. My clients can be fully dressed. Most of them like to strip down, but there are things that I do that if I held the title of massage therapist, I would not be copacetic within the licensure definitions. And I could put myself at risk within that licensure. Well, I think that definitions are really important. That way you could tell the difference between a massage therapist, a chiropractor, a, a Thai practitioner. A lot of it, I feel, is about status. Yes. Like people want to have Mr. No, I'm a doctor. My dad did that all the time. That was very much a status thing. He tied his identity to being a doctor now. And not just the recognition of all the training he did. It was almost like, no, I'm separate from the ordinary. I understand everyone wants to be special. You know, I'm a massage therapist. I went and got my license. Someone, you know, did this. Honestly, looking at the schooling that I had, I learned way more outside of school. For me, massage therapist doesn't even mean the school that I went to. It means all the people that I met, all the people I traded with, you know, not even the CEUs I took. Honestly, it was all the therapists that I met who taught me invaluable skills related to massage. So not even, you know, if you look at the definition of a massage therapist, it would be one who provides you know, healing for a disorder or uh, relieves pain or tension through the manipulation of soft tissue. So in my mind, massage therapist goes beyond that. And that's, that's really what we're here to discuss is we all have this idea of massage therapist, but it's like everyone's is slightly shifted mm-hmm. from everyone else's. And I want to explore that, that shift, that gray area or that overlap and see what it is. It's definitely an interesting, especially where in the happy, successful massage therapist group that you have, you regularly get someone new. I'm thinking about becoming a massage therapist. What do I need to know? Uh, What is it like? I don't know if that's what I want to be. Can anyone help me in understanding further? Oh my gosh, there are so many different rabbit holes that you can go down in the field of massage therapy. Let's actually explore some of those, dip our toes into each one of them. Okay. Before this, we were talking about time massage or, you know, mm. time massage here in Idaho is not regulated. No, it's not. It's not. So what's interesting is you don't have to have a license. You can hang up your shingle and I'm a type practitioner. Start working the next day. Absolutely. So it's interesting because according to the Webster definition, you are a massage therapist as a Thai practitioner. I mean, you're manipulating the soft tissue, you know, through stretching, arguably, you're using more than just your hands, you're using other parts of your body, but you're trying to relieve pain and tension. What's going on? Why is one regulated and not the other? It's a really good question. Cranial sacral therapists do not have to, at least in this state, a cranial sacral therapist and a rolfer are not required to get licensed under the massage therapy title. They're requirements are different. And I'm neither of those things. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to talk with a cranial sacral therapist, the governing boards for those specific registered and trademark processes evidently are sufficient based on state standards of expectation. They provide in-house. I really don't know. I think that it would be really interesting to look at what is it that the cranial sacral therapist and the Rolfing community created that allowed for an in-house board, if you will, for self-governance. 
is that just the idea is that because it's smaller, because massage therapy is a bigger, all-encompassing field, that it needs that governance? It's almost like if you look at people in general, you know, you have a tribe of, you know, 150 people, maybe they'll keep each other in line through, I don't know, community shaming or right. whatever, you right. get from an anthropological level. But once you get to 500,000 people, you know, you need some sort of oversight mm-hmm. for the free riders, if you will. The people who are going to ride along on the coattails of everyone else and be like, oh, yeah, I'm one of them. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a craniosacral therapist. And after a while, I have somebody saying, hey, they're not really craniosacral. It doesn't fall within what everyone else has agreed upon. But if even if you look at yoga instructors, they learn massage as part of their yoga teacher training or these stretchologists in the stretch labs. Yes. Like they're Thai massage therapists. Well, not really therapists, but they're Thai massage practitioners. Right. And it's really interesting because they do require some type of national certification. I even look like into the legality of it. They require some national certification, but it doesn't have to be massage. They can be certified. Anybody who wants to work for stretch labs can if they're on the state here in Idaho. They just have to have some type of national certification remotely related. Well, and I believe like the stretch lab, and it'd be interesting to get a stretch lab person to to visit with because stretching is becoming so valuable. People are really Mm -hmm. starting to understand the value of stretching. I believe that their training is in-house. So they can take someone that doesn't have any skill or past experience and they can train them through their own in-house program to become a stretch practitioner of some kind. I think that it's a lot of semantics. The word therapist suggests a higher level of education and it also suggests more personal responsibility. A therapist takes on a considerable amount more like personal responsibility as far as legally their responsibility to their client or patient, depending on perspective, definitely adds to the semantics of it. Mm -hmm. I don't use the word therapist for the very reason that one, I'm not an actual therapist. I did not go to school. I do not hold all of the licenses. And I definitely do not hold all of the insurances that would protect my vet if I were practicing and it went wrong. So there's a level of personal responsibility. And as a massage therapist, when I went to school, it was definitely about putting respect where respect is due. A therapist suggests a level of education and time, documented time. I mean, ultimately, When you think about it, it's a documentation of time put into the specific study of a a thought or a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So is practitioner appropriate for those that are maybe until they reach their 10,000 hours? Like we all agree universally that a doctor is a doctor when they reach their 10,000 hours. Mm -hmm. That's how long they're in school is to accumulate 10,000 hours. Like, that's just the education. They don't even get their hands on people until they've reached pretty close to that. Yeah. One of my best friends, he's an engineer. And he went to school and got his bachelor's. And I asked him, is that the only way to become an engineer? And he said, no, it's possible to just work in an engineering firm for long enough that you end up being grandfathered in as an engineer. You become an engineer through basically the hard work of pushing through and doing that. And so it just brings up the idea. It's like, you know, Angela, you didn't go to school. You don't call yourself a massage therapist, but you're way better at massage than most of the people that I've met, even the ones who've gone to school. It's incredible. Why doesn't that deserve recognition? 
why doesn't that deserve some type of honorary degree? Why isn't there a GED almost? Right. Or massage. That'd be awesome. I mean, that would be really, really cool if we could create a evidence-based rather than a test-based proof of skill set. We as a society are very much dependent on if you pass the test, then we can pass you as such, whatever it is you're seeking. I personally think it's one of our biggest flaws within the education system and our rating system of value. There are kids that are coming into this world. And by the time they are 15, 16, they've accumulated nearly 10,000 hours of skill. They should be seen as honorary individuals given their skill set. Yeah, I think so. I did want to bring up a rather humorous part of our conversation that we had before this. I run the Happy Successful Massage Therapist. As many of you know, it's not only this podcast, but it's also the name of a free Facebook group. So if you want to go and join, go hop over on Facebook and look it up. We have a bunch of different questions that we ask, post this podcast on there. We also post a lot of interesting articles. And some of the interesting articles that I've been looking at have been animals doing massage, you know, whether it's snakes. I imagine people, their immediate reactions, oh, snakes, but it's like pretty relaxing. The snakes pure muscle. Yeah. And it's slithering around on you or wrapped around your leg or something like that. You know, it might feel pretty good depending on the snake or the size of it. Seems to me like that would be an exposure therapy. I digress. Hey, you know, you get a a two for one bonus. And I've seen like the elephants, probably everyone's seen the elephants doing massage. They like step on the person and the person's laughing and stuff. This is usually in other countries. I don't think we have it here. But going back to our definition of massage therapist, is that elephant a massage therapist now? Right, because the definition of massage therapist, according to Merriam-Webster, just as a recap, a person who practices massage therapy, a trained individual who is licensed or certified to therapeutically manipulate the muscles and other soft tissue of the body using one or both hands or an instrument. Now, if we remove the word therapist, we go back to the definition of massage, according to Merriam-Webster, which is manipulation of soft tissue as by rubbing, kneading, or tapping with the hand or an instrument for relaxation or therapeutic purposes. So the elephant's definitely massaging. You know, it's it's rubbing, kneading, tapping, you know, it's with its trunk. Right. And instrument, the you know. snake can create cross friction pressure. So there's compression, Mm -hmm. there's superficial movement across and over the skin. Yeah. Petrosage. Yes, you're right. And a cat. Oh my gosh. Who doesn't love it when their cat's kneading biscuits? I call it kneading biscuits. I don't even know where that comes from, but it's like they're kneading bread, right? And their little claws and their paws get in there. And, and if you ever do get your hands on another person and you duplicate the process of what a cat does, Everybody responds with, oh, that feels so good. So cats, could they be the originator of massage therapy? Yeah. I mean, arguably, animals massage before humans were even around. You oh, think yeah. about it. Puppies you know? and cats and yeah. all mammals mm-hmm. massage from birth to have access to food. Yep. You look at picking fleas off of someone or probably hitting with a stick or something like right? that. You know, some topotement, <laughs> early topotement. If an animal touching on like monkeys, if a monkey's got something hot in its throat, what does the mama monkey do but grab the baby and just like hang it upside down and smack it on the back? So relieving pain or tension. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Relieving pain or tension. Sometimes those smacks can be relieving the pain or tension of the parents. Yeah. 
but we're not here for that. That's what I always thought was funny with the definition of massage therapist is I'm licensed to manipulate soft tissue. Isn't technically punching somebody else in the face, you're manipulating their soft tissue. Such a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Am I licensed? Is that free license? You know, to somebody we else? could start our own fight club <laughs> massage therapy practice. Yeah, be slow. Slow. <laughs> slow. slow. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like uh, the slow motion scenes in The Matrix and some of those other fight ones. Yep. But that brings up the issue with animals is that elephant. Okay. Let's say there's the, the elephant and it's getting given food in trade for it doing the massage and it's given a treat. It's getting paid. I could see people arguing and be like, okay, well, the animal is not getting paid for it. So it's not massage therapist. And it's like, well, it is bartering in right. some respect. Sure. The person's getting some paper, but the elephant's really getting the food. But then that begs the question of if you're not being paid, can you do massage without a license? Because of my circumstances, I've had to go down that road and ask those questions. And the simplest answer is you can do whatever you want so long as you're not being paid. And for the purposes of like a massage therapy school, the school can receive payment for their students who are giving hands-on therapeutic touch to their clients. But they themselves are not allowed to receive money for it. You have to be careful. At least in this state, you can't use the word therapist. That is a licensed name. Whether you are a psychotherapist or a physical therapist, you have to have documentation and pass state exams and medical, all kinds of stuff. You've got to put in gobs of educational hours through traditional universities and such. So the word therapist or doctor is only available to those that have jumped through the hoops for that. But you could certainly say that you do body work. Body work is a completely acceptable term. And we have a fairly large refugee population. There are people within that population that from another country, they learn from their families. Maybe their mom or their dad did massage therapy. Now, in this state, they're not allowed to practice. However, they could have 30, 40 years of experience doing exactly what you or I get to call ourselves massage therapists. But because they don't have documentation, they don't get to have that title. It's a privilege or a right of those that jump through the hoops defined by what's here in the U.S. But that individual can continue practicing. They just don't get to use the word therapist. I think that's the clench right there Mm -hmm. is a massage therapist would never refer to themselves as a massage doctor unless there was some school program that offered the equivalent of doctorate hours of study. Well, isn't that what chiropractors are? I mean, technically, a lot of people don't know this, but chiropractors go through all the process to become massage therapists. Like they have beyond the schooling of a massage therapist that technically could apply and hold a massage therapy degree. That's why in a lot of states, you can work for a chiropractor under their license and you don't have one of your own. I did that when I was in school. I went and worked for a chiropractor. Great way to get your feet wet and really know if that's something that you want to do. I hope that that gets suggested in the group for a lot of the people that are coming in and are like, I think I want to do massage therapy. Well, if they listen to the podcast. Yeah, (laughs) that's great. So we are going to wrap up this conversation and head over to some fun questions. Oh, this is going to be entertaining. So these questions are from a game that I created called Happy Hour. 
and it's on Amazon Prime website, rotatogames.com. It's a game that I created actually last year during COVID. This is the drinking version on a previous podcast with Rebecca Barmfield. Uh, we did questions from 420, the card game, which is the weed smoking version. <laughs> Appropriately, that episode is about controversial subjects. So drinking is a little bit less controversial. Well, it depends on who you ask, I guess. It's like- Not to dump my agenda <laughs> on anything, but it's super toxic. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, here we go. Grab your drink. Okay, so I'm going to shuffle up the cards and we're going to pick one random one. The beauty of this game is it's kind of like truth or dare with a fun twist to it. And it's it's these questions that get you thinking. Like, I love challenging people. If you haven't guessed that already with this podcast, if you're prepared to be challenged, if you want to keep following, just know that you're going to be challenged in your thinking, not just about massage, but about business, about life. I just think it's fun. It's fun to poke people's little world bubble and watch it move and expand so here we go without saying what the category is what are your top three choices and i'm gonna guess what the oh what it is Make it oh fun. this one's one of those it's a little challenging for my brain let's see suction fire alcohol the first two it sounds like cupping Ta-da! Ding, ding, ding. is there alcohol cupping yeah, a little alcohol, and then they use a lighter, and they light the alcohol in the cup, and it creates a vacuum. Oh, okay. But so isn't like that still glass. fire? Well, alcohol is used with oh, instead fire of just, instead of just the suction just cups. Okay. Yeah, so cupping, they have options now. You're not just only working with fire. Okay. Gray, brown, blue. Linens? <laughs> My favorite. She colors. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And mine are flannel and super childish. Mm. I just picked up a set of flannel ostriches with ballerina shoes and tutus. There's just these really warm, fuzzy flannel sheets for my table for my clients to climb into. I have dogs. I have flamingos. I have flowers and my clients are always so excited. They're like, what one do they get today? <laughs> and they always feel so proud. Like there's this piece of them that's like, I really needed dog love today. Or, um, oh my gosh, the penguins. I needed to remind myself of penguins. Some of that is just the value of going back to being a kid. All right, Angela, it was great having you on. And it's been a fantastic chat. We've definitely gotten all over the place as far as the different topics that we've covered. It was a pleasure having you here and thank you very much. And we're looking forward to seeing you on the flip side. I am honored. Thank you so much, Greg. All right, that's it. Thank you for listening to the Happy Successful Massage Therapist podcast with Eric DeGear. Join our free Facebook group under the same name. If you are interested in one-on-one coaching or our massage mastermind group, you can apply at degear.biz and massagesuccess.club. Please support our podcast by purchasing the 420 and happy hour games at potatogames.com. Get $10 off when you buy both games using the secret code podcast. As always, see you on the flip side.